You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast, where we discuss hot topics in the sports landscape, but instead of our normal rapid fire... We have a special guest with us today. If you're in the Charlotte area and you're ever riding down Independence, you know, that small little building over there, it used to be a bowling alley that it was vacant for for so long. Then it turned into another, I I can't remember the name of it because it was so short, but I think the pandemic took it out. But if you ride down, right across from Bojangles Coliseum, you'll see a lab city. We have the owner, Andre Speech. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. No doubt. No doubt. It's great to have someone, especially within the city, um, be with us today. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Normally, we just allow uh, you just to tell just a brief little synopsis about yourself. Not too much, but we're going to have some some questions for you later on as we dive deeper into the interview. So uh, just to get started, just tell us where you're from. And we'll just go from there. Um, born and raised in uh, Sacramento, California. So I'm a Cali guy. You know, uh, those uh, those Cali prices started getting a little too crazy with uh, with gas and, and 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 rent and stuff. So uh, it came down to a coin flip. I was like, man, I got to get out of here. It came down to Charlotte and Atlanta, and uh, Charlotte it is. So here I am, ten years later. Good. It seems like you got here right before things got crazy here. <laughs> too so glad to have you here in the charlotte area and the work that you're uh, you're doing uh tell us a a little bit about uh your first exposure to basketball uh in my life well uh you know my dad my dad was a basketball player so i uh i grew up from day one watching him and 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 following him around to the park and gyms and and always wanting to play and as you know the, the the little kid with with my dad I'm jumping on the court, getting knocked around, but I loved it because he loved it. So he he inspired me to 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 want to be better. He always pushed me. So I, I definitely appreciate my pops for uh, instilling that love for the game that I, I I never lost. Wow, that's pretty good. It's pretty cool, especially have somebody looking up to, especially a dad. Definitely. So I'm going to I'm going to actually reiterate. So mine's this question is a two part question. What made you fall in love? with the sport of basketball and when did it happen? Um, it was, uh, it, it was fairly early. I was always pretty, pretty tall. And even without a whole bunch of formal training, I was, I guess I was naturally pr- a pretty good player. Um, and it just felt right scoring 20 points, 20 points just seemed like it was what, what I was supposed to do, you know? So as, you know, you, you start to feel that that vibe winning always feels good losing. You know, I, I always hated it. So the, 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 the push to try to win was was really fueled me to and, and, and that fuel kind of caused the love for, for the game. And, uh, you know, I just have so many memories of, of, of playing and, and the, I, I just never wanted to do anything else just basketball was what i wanted to do when my friends were going 
to, to swim parties in the skating rink. I was like, man, I'd rather go to the park and let's play 21, you know? So from day one, it just, it just was in me. For sure. For sure. And when he says he's tall, he's six, eight, by the way, um, six, six, nine on a good day. Oh, a six, nine, but which leads, which leads to this question. Did you, did you have just like an unexpected growth spurt or was like your father tall, anything of that nature? Uh, well, I guess they're tall to other people. They're not tall to me, but, uh, you know, my mom is, is six foot and my dad is about six, three. So, you know, they're, they're regular size to me, but I think in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're, they're pretty tall. So as you started playing at higher levels, um, what high school did you play for? And, and after you, what high school did you play for? And, and when did you realize you're going to uh, potentially go to the next level from high school? Um, so I went to CK McClatchy, McClatchy High School in Sacramento. Uh, um, we're, all, we're the rival high school of uh, Sac High, which is where, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Johnson, he's from Sacramento. So, uh, you know, KJ was always around and uh, that, that was our rival. So, um, being uh being about six six when I walked on campus in high school, you know, I was I was already in a in a pretty good position, but uh I played varsity from the start. So I took my lumps um early. But uh, you know, I I played AAU and all of those things coming up. Matter of fact, Jason Kidd was my point guard on my AAU team. So I I was playing at a high level for for a while. So you know, around sophomore year, I, I kind of felt like I could play at the D1 level. And, uh, you know, as I started to progress, get stronger and all of those things, I, uh, I, you know, obviously by my junior or senior year, I had my choice of, you know, quite a few schools that I could attend. It's funny. Uh, I wanted to ask you your recruitment, but Quincy Brewer, did that name ring a bell? Yeah. Quincy we, just Brewer. Had, we just had him on the show. Yeah, I believe he was one of your rivals because he was considered top in in California. In California. He literally, yeah. we just had him on the last episode and he's my brother's best friend. So um, he kind of, I got to tell him you on the show too because he mentioned Jesse, Jason Kidd and he actually showed videos of him, I guess, beating him. He kind of was the man that time yeah. before he yeah. got his knee injury. But I, I got to let him know that you were on the show. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh if I if I recall correctly, I think Q was uh, from down in Southern California, I yeah. believe. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously Sacramento Bay Area. I was more of a Northern California guy, but it was always a good rivalry down there. The O'Bannons were down that way. You know, Jock Bond was was down that way. My man Fisdale was was down that way. So uh, it uh, it was all friendly competition. But you know, we we always wanted to say that that Northern Cali was a was a little better, and and obviously they they felt how they felt. So it was it was always friendly, but always uh, highly competitive. So I want to ask about recruitment, but give us a couple of stories of how competitive, because when we had Brewer um, Quincy on, he kind of you could hear in his voice when he just talked about the competition. But I want your side of his story during the high school that the competition. Well, it, it was it. I liken it to Duke Carolina, but just at the high school level in California. You know, we 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 always said the Bay was better, and and Northern Cal was 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 where it where it went down, and the the LA guys, the San Diego guys, they they felt the same way. So 
anytime we got a chance to to bump heads, it was it was it was gonna be extra competitive and it would be a whole lot of trash talk and it would be real physical, but that's that's the only way to play, you know. So uh it was uh it was interesting. We uh our 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 high school AAU team was very solid, obviously, if we had the number one player in the country with with Jay Kidd. So it was always highly competitive, but we uh we went out to, I believe it was the Boston shootout at the old Madison Square. No, at the old, uh, uh, what's the old Celtics arena? Um, the Boston Garden. Uh, yeah. The Boston Garden. And uh, and we played uh, Jalen Rose's team, right? So, you know, we, we had heard about those guys, but, you know, whatever. So we get out there and, and Jalen Rose's, six seven you know or so and uh one of our shooting guards ended up guarding him that was about six three so he's standing next to him to to jay rose and jay rose is looking around the court going who they got guarding me who, who's guarding me i don't see anybody out here that's, that can guard me and i'm like is he is he serious he's talking real good noise right now but it was uh it was always fun because in california we know who was who but as you move out to the to the east and down south, you start coming across guys that obviously are super talented that you really just don't know about. And obviously, you know, Jay Rose and all those guys ended up being pretty special. So it's it, it was a friendly rivalry in California. But when we linked up to go play uh, other places, we, we, we put those rivalries aside because we wanted to let them know how, how the West rides, you, you know. So how did that game end up? Who won that game? Uh, they they ended up getting us. They ended okay. up getting us. They uh they they were they were super high powered. Um, but but you know it uh in the AAU game you are gonna win some you are gonna lose some. Right. Definitely. So Phil was about to go there, but um, what was your recruiting process like? Uh, what teams did you have an eye on, and what teams had an eye on you? So uh. I could have probably went almost everywhere on the, on the West coast. I could have went to Arizona state. I could have went to Cal Berkeley, could have went to, uh, UW. Um, but, uh, you know, being that I wasn't, I wasn't McDonald's all American. So I didn't, I wanted to go where I was going to play. You know, that was my main thing. I knew, I knew I wanted to go D one, but I knew I wanted to play uh you know a lot so um i made my choice to go to university of san diego based on on that i felt like it was uh obviously an, a, an amazing academic university san diego is a is an amazing it's an amazing place um we were in the conference with gonzaga and santa clara with steve nash was there so it was it was a strong conference um and it just it just felt right. I uh, I got some ties to San Diego just because uh, my uncle that played for the Warriors ended up living down there when uh, when he retired. So it's it, it, I, I always looked up to him. That's why I'm a Warriors fan to this day. Uh, so it, it just felt it just felt right going going down that way. But I had I could have went to Miami out out east. I could have went to, uh, you know, some black colleges down south. But but. I was I knew I wanted to stay in Cali being a Cali guy. What was that transition like when you went from playing high school ball to going to college? Was it how did you 
adjust to the competition? Well, that was eye-opening in itself. That was major eye-opening. You know, I stepped onto uh, to the high school camp, I mean, to my college campus in San Diego at uh, about 6'8", 175, right? And I knew I was skinny, but I never had a problem in high school. I, I was going to give you 25 no matter if I was 175. So uh, when I got to college, you know, now guys are my same height, but now they're 225, 235. You know, it, it was it was uh, eye-opening, to, to say the least. So, um, you know, they uh, they ended up red-shirting me just because they're like, dude, you, you got to get you got to get bigger. You got to get stronger, you know, and when I, when I, when I got there, the coach called me into the office and he said, uh, so speech, what, what can you, uh, what can you bring to this team? You know? And I said, uh, I, I get buckets coach. That's, that's just what I do. I, I get buckets. And he's like, well, uh, we, we got the second and fifth leading scorer in the conference. So, uh, what, what else can you do? And I'm kind of looking around like you, you don't need buckets. Like what, 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 you, you know? And, and I'm like, well, you know, I, uh, I can rebound, you know, I can, I can board with the best of them. He, and he's, his response was, well, we got the third leading rebounder in the conference. So it's probably not going to be a whole bunch of rebounds. Uh, what, what else can you bring? And I'm like, man, he don't, he don't, he don't need scoring. He don't need boards. I was like, I, I can block shots, you know? And he said, okay, now we're talking now, now we're talking. I'm like, man, so you, you just want me to be a shot blocker, but I understood that uh, as as you as you start to play in college, it's very rare that freshmen come in. You know, you see Duke and Carolina; those freshmen come in and they're balling. But there's at most schools there's a hierarchy that you you got to come in and play your position before you uh you you become the man because it's it's probably already the man already there. So it uh that that was that was a big transition, but um you know, as I, as I understood it and grew into it, it, uh, it, it all, it all worked out, but it was definitely a, a eye-opening transition from high school to college. Wow. That is eye-opening. Um, during, while you was growing up, what athlete did you emulate and admire? Um, I was, uh, it's funny you say you had Scotty Pippen's driver. I was a Scotty guy. Obviously I liked Mike, but, uh, Scotty was kind of my frame. Scotty was kind of my skill set. Uh, so that was my guy. I liked, I liked Scotty Pippen, Grant Hill. And, uh, and I don't know if y'all know a UNLV 90, but I really liked Stacy Augman was, uh, was my guy. So they were all about six, seven, six, eight. We're all kind of a you know, thinner 215 pound guys. So that that's really what I evolved to those. So those were the guys I looked up to and patterned my game after. Shout out to Stacey Augman. He played for Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets back he then. He did for, for yeah. Yeah. But my question and, is- and, and, he, and he was left-handed like me. So uh, yeah. Yeah, you might. I might need to come to you to work on my on my left. I'm left-handed, but I shoot with my right, so I'm back. Oh. I'm back. Yeah, I need. I need to get you in the lab. I can tighten all that up. Appreciate it. Hey, man. Look, Evan. We might need to get him for the uh, the Martin Luther King tournament. I just need a few sesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my question is, um, as your as you're in college, you talk about the 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 different adversity that 
you had to face. Um, what was the the Western Coast Conference like? Because when we think about it now, like it's kind of changed a little bit from from back then. So what was like the competition like? You said that Steve Nash was in that that conference as well. Yep, yep. So uh it's uh it was funny since I redshirted my first year, you know, I was I was in a lot of film sessions with uh with Fizz and all and all the other guys that were that were playing. Um and I remember that first film session when we were getting ready to play Santa Clara. And you know, Nash was kinda, you know, real floppy hair, kinda, you know, the socks where the elastic was kind of coming off of the socks and he he didn't look like a hooper to to me, you, you know, and, you know, we're, we're watching film and maybe I might be saying too much, but uh, they were kind of maybe mocking him or kind of, you know, uh, check him out. You know, we're, we're going to we're going to really uh, we're going to take it to him or whatever, you know, we're in, in film. So we uh, we played him. And. Uh, he might've been the best player I had ever seen at that point in my life. Once we played, I, I, he, he probably missed two shots, had in excess of 20 points, didn't turn the ball over, hit all his free throws and they beat us by 20. Uh, and I was really like in the next film session after that game, I was like, Hey, uh, that dude is good. That, that dude is good. And, and, and all the jokes definitely, uh, stopped. So, um, you know, he was he was just an impressive player and uh, to see him do what he did to us. And I'm in the I'm in practice with these guys every day, um, you know, so I thought our guys were were, were really, really good. And to, to see what he did to uh, to the players that I thought were which, which were really good. He uh, he, he was definitely uh, amazing to see as a as a skinny freshman watching him in on film and then seeing him in real life. I had I had never seen a player that was that was that amazing. So as you talk about seeing the, the differential, the difference in talent, um, now you can kind of spot an NBA kid out out of nowhere. So what are sure. you look for when you look at a, at a player and say, oh, this kid's going to lead? Yeah, I mean, as as I've got older and, and you can, it just looks different. You, you can just, like pros look different early. You know, we, we knew Jay was a pro and uh, he, he moved different. He saw things different moments, like hitting big shots. Like he, he was, he was different than, than everything else. So now I can athleticism, you know, clutchness, you know, competitiveness, work ethic. When, when it's, when it's pro, you, you, you can tell. That's why guys, I, I talked to plenty of pro scouts and 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 they're like, no, he's 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 not quite there, you know. And 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 then on the other side, they're like, yeah, he's 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 a pro. They're uh, here from Charlotte. Uh, just a couple years ago, we had a player, uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. He uh, he runs with the Bulls now. He's actually injured at the moment, but uh, he uh, I believe he was second or third pick behind. Uh, you know, behind Lamelo, I believe was uh, he was picked behind. But uh, I used to train him when he was in third and fourth grade, you know, and as he as he started to, to stretch out, you know, as a from a, as a little fourth grader, you know, he, he, he stretched out by high school. He was 
you know, six, seven, six, eight. And I talk to guys that, uh, that I know over with the Hornets and they're like, he's basically Paul George today in high school. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a pro if he's, if he just continues to stay where he is. So you, you can just tell there, there's something about guys early that, that you can tell all those, all those things, the work ethic, the, the competitiveness, obviously the size and the skill attributes you, uh, you, you can see it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's truly awesome. Um, I want to find out, okay, after your college career, right. And about time, like you said, your high school did induct you to the hall of fame. What transpired after the career, your college career? Did you get a chance I, to further? I, I tried to, I tried to play uh, professionally a little bit. I tried out for the Celtics. I tried out for, uh, for the Orlando magic. I tried out for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I, I didn't make it, you know, I played overseas a little bit, uh, in Germany, played, uh, in Brazil and, uh, you know, from there, um, you know, I had, uh, I had my daughter and I didn't want to be halfway around the world. So I went on and, uh, and, and hung it up at that point, just so, you know, I could be a part of her life and, 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 and see all those things that happened as, uh, as she grew up. So, um, I probably left some buckets on the table, but I think it was a fair trade-off and, uh, you know, to see, see my daughter. Definitely. Definitely. So the second part to that question is when you had to make that decision, because we had, um, Alvin Johnson on, it was Alvin Johnson, right guys? I, again, the, he was Alvin, on the show. Alvin Williams. Alvin Williams. Yeah. We had Alvin Williams on and he brought up a topic that transition when you have to give it up and, and you have to start thinking about the next steps. Cause you kind of, your daughter is born, and I know my daughter plays for your program. Your daughter is born. What was that step? Because it's initially you're retiring from the it, game you played all your life. What was it, the next it is, step? It is, and uh, as uh, as that transition happens, you know, I had I had never I had never had a real job. You know, I I went from 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 obviously high school to college to, to 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 trying to play professionally to playing. So you know, I'm I'm getting to my my late twenties, early thirties, and I had never had a a real quote unquote job. So basketball was 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 really what I knew, what I love, what I did. So that that transition was like now now what was was the question. So. I moved to Charlotte, you know, I'm, uh, I'm like, well, I guess I should get a job, you know, I guess I should try to do something. So, uh, so I applied for a call center at Sprint, Sprint cell phones, right? So, uh, as I'm working there, you know, it's, it's talking on the phone, it's trying to sell plans and phones and fix people's bills and all of that stuff. So they give you metrics to me, like how to get off the, you need to get off the call in a certain amount of time, try to sell a phone. So you, they had goals for you to meet. So me being an athlete, it was a, instead of points, rebounds, and assists, you just telling me to do this, this, and this. So being a competitive person, a player, if the coach tells you to do something, 
I'm gonna get it done because that's uh, I'm, that's how competitive I am. So within three months at the call center, I'm the number one person on the phone in the center, right? I'm meeting all the metrics. They they it, it was it was it's it's a goal. So you set a goal for me. My 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 objective is to reach it. So they uh they in turn made me like a like a team supervisor. And from there, my team became became the number one team in the call center because now I'm the leader on the court. And that was always my thing. Hey, fellas, we need to work harder on defense. We need to rebound better. So now I got my team in the call center. Now we're rebounding better. Now we're we're, you know, we're playing better defense. Now we're the top. So from there, they made me a call center supervisor, right? They're flying me to Hawaii as the number one, you know, rep in, in the center. And uh, and at that time, I was doing some little side job with, uh, with a group called Yes, I Can Basketball. Uh, it's more uh, entry-level basketball, but, uh, you know, it was a way to still, you know, do some stuff with basketball, kind of, you know, get in the mix a little bit because I still loved it, but, you know, I wasn't playing. And... One day, uh, at, at, at after Yes I Can ended, the guy that, that ran it said, uh, Dre, what are you doing? I was like, what you mean? He's like, what's, what's up with the call center job? I was like, you know, it's, it's a job. He's like, do you, uh, do you love it? And I kind of thought to myself, I was like, no, I actually don't, I, I don't. I mean, it's good money, all of those things. And uh, he's like, well, I'll leave this with you and you take it how you want it. He said, uh, Dre, you need to follow your passion because your passion will lead you to your purpose. And I said, okay, I, I already know what my passion is, but what do you mean it's going to lead me to my purpose? He's like, it'll lead you to your purpose in life. So I was like, you know, so I, I got home and thought about that. You know, that was a Saturday. I got into work uh, at Sprint on Monday and I, I, I got there and I told them, uh, hey, uh, I think I'm about to be out. And they were like, what, what, what do you mean? I was like, I, I, and they were like, you, you need more money. You need some time off. We could give you another vacation. Uh, I said, no, I think, I think I'm just going to be out, you know, and what he told me really resonated in, in within me. And I said, uh, I'm going to follow my passion, you, you know, so it was no question that my passion was basketball. So when, uh, when I did that, you know, th things just started to fall in place with, with basketball. I, I, I got a job coaching high school at Charlotte Catholic. I had never been a coach before, but I started coaching uh, at Charlotte Catholic from there players started to ask me, coach, could you train me? I was like, I've, I've never trained anybody, but I've trained my whole life. I guess I can show you what I do because I, I know it works. So it started to, 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 the training started to grow. My coaching experience by coaching high school started to grow. Uh, you know, and a, a guy approached me about, uh, Hey, we're, we're thinking about starting an AAU organization. You, you think you'd be interested? Sure. Let's, 
let's do it. You know, so now I'm coaching AAU, I'm coaching high school, I'm training players. And it just all started to just grow from there. Now it, it grew to, I'm training two or 300 kids a month. You know, I'm coaching, uh, 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 to, not to pat myself on the back, but the freshmen that I started with at Catholic, when they were seniors, we won the state championship on varsity at Catholic. So I started in 2012. We won the state championship in 2016. So, and a lot of those guys played AAU for me. So it all just started to fall in place. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of led to the birth of Lab City. My one, a guy uh, that was one of my business mentors, he's like, hey, you should probably look into, you know, forming a, a, a LLC. You should form a company and, and, and name your company so you can get some of the benefits of uh, owning a business uh, for training. So that kind of grew as the, as the AAU program grew, you know, he's like, man, you can, you can, you can expand the, the AAU stuff. So, you know, now I'm training, you know, 250 kids a month. Now my AAU organization is 18 teams with, with 250 kids in it. So I, I, I sometimes text, uh, you know, coach Mac with, yes, I can. And tell him, Hey, you know, I just reply, I just send him those words that my, my passion led me to my purpose, you know? So it, it was the, it, it was no, no words have ever rang clearer to, to me than, than, than those words right there. Cause uh, he, he, he was, he was so right. I feel like you kept answering questions that I was about to ask all in that one answer, <laughs> but, but there is one, one question I do have that you didn't answer with you finding your purpose what is that purpose um the the game of basketball has given so much to me I've traveled the world I've I've met people I've played in some amazing games I've met amazing teammates and the 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 feeling that basketball has given me I think my purpose is to give that feeling to as many people as I can give for the rest of my life. I want to teach them. I want them to experience as much as, as they can, if they, if, as much as they can, I want to give it to them because some of my greatest moments in my life have been on the basketball court and some of the worst moments have been on the basketball court. So if, if I can share that, that love with, with everybody who I can, then, then I, I feel like that is truly my purpose. Now, being an AU coach and playing AU, AU, I know has changed a lot from when you were coming up to where it is now. How yes. uh, would you recommend people to differentiate quality AU programs versus AU programs that are getting money out of you? So when we played AU, it was strictly because we were trying to play against the most competitive guys we could. And we wanted to, uh, it, was it was almost an avenue to, 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 to be able to play in college. We wanted to play in front of the most coaches we could. So obviously we played on a, a showcase team and we didn't have to, we didn't have to pay anything. So it, it, it obviously didn't put a financial burden on, uh, on, on, on the parents, on my parents, but it, uh, it, it was solely just the love for uh for the game i remember 
my junior year, we played the whole season with six guys, right? So teams complain about not having enough guys or having too many. We, we, we played a whole AAU season with, with six. Now, all six were D1 players, but we, we, we were in the best shape possible. Uh, you know, we were all excellent players. If we got tired, we went to zone for a little bit. But AAU now, it seems like they're playing for different reasons. They're playing for, to, to, to make YouTube highlights, to make Instagram posts. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole purpose is to, to generate as much money as possible. Now, obviously there's some cost involved because, you know, things cost to, to, to do it. But my goal is, is to teach players how to play the, the right way, teach them how to, to, to work hard, work ethic, be good teammates, um, all of those things that I know for sure all AAU coaches and teams don't, uh, don't promote. They're, they're promoting wins and losses. They're, they're trying to take pictures uh, holding the trophy on, uh, on Sundays. And I feel like if I teach players to work hard, be as skilled as possible, be excellent teammates, play great defense. If we do that, I think uh, wins just become a prop, uh, a byproduct of uh, of that work. Definitely, definitely. Um, my question is, uh, I'm probably going to take Alan's question. It's, it's been happening. Who is your goat in the NBA? Who is your goat? It's uh, it's it's no question. Uh, it's 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 Michael to me. It's, it's Michael all day. Um, obviously growing up and, and being a Scotty fan and, and watching a lot of, a lot of Bulls action, uh, no other player has ever made me feel watching the way Michael made, made me feel, you, you know, I, we, we would go out in the backyard and try those dunks and those reverse layups and all of that stuff. And you know, I, 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 I equate goatness or greatness to, to winning, you, you know? So when, when you, when you talk about Tiger Woods, when you talk about Tom Brady, when you talk about Muhammad Ali, when you talk about Michael Jordan, you have to be a winner uh, on top of all the other stuff. Um, you know, you, you, you go to the final six times and win all six and six MVPs. You know, that's, 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 that's what goatness feels like to me, you, you, you know? So, uh, you know, everybody has their, 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 their opinion, but my goat, and then I, my, my baby goat is Kobe. So if, if you ever come to, uh, to lab city, you, you'll see a lot of two, three and two, four in here, you know, but that's, uh, those are the guys I had on my wall. Those are the guys I grew up watching. Those are the guys I, uh, I emulate um just as a as a competitor it's a, a, a funny story in san diego we used to uh we used to come up to la um in the summers and play at ucla open run and um we walk in the gym because it would start about 8 30 every every morning and i'm talking about magic i'm talking about byron scott i'm talking about reggie miller i'm talking about it would, it was the best of the best in there. So it was, it was amazing. Um, 
one morning I walk in, you know, we get there from San Diego. We get there a little before eight o'clock and, uh, and I walk in and down on the other end of the court is, uh, is Kobe Bryant. Right. And this is, uh, this is just Kobe Bryant. He's not the black Mamba. He's, this is rookie Kobe slam dunk Kobe with the little, with the little Afro, right. The little Kobe fro. And, uh, you know, I'm a D1 player. I kind of, I, I kind of walked down there and I said, uh, you want to, want to shoot a little bit? He's, he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we, we shooting a little bit. Uh, and I was like, well, let, let me see what's up. I was, you want to play one-on-one? No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yes. yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's play. What's game two. Let's, let's, let's go to 10. Right. So, we, we playing, we're, we're, we're getting busy a little bit. And uh, right off the bat in my head, I was like, oh, he's a little different than guys I, I played. Just the way he was moving, his, his shake a little bit was a little different. So he beats me the first game. It's like 10 to six, you know, I'm like, all right, let me turn it up. I'm not all the way loose yet. You know, let's, let's turn it up. He beats me again, 10 to five. We play one last time because guys are starting to come in. You know, the gym is starting to, to, to get guys in there. He beats me uh, 10 to five again, you know, and that last one I'm playing as hard as I can. And I'm noticing my go-to moves aren't, aren't really working on him. They, he's, he's, they not working like they normally work on, on other people, you know? So, uh, we're sitting down afterwards and, and, you know, at this point I got to ask some questions. I'm like, I was like, man, what, what, what you be doing? You know, what, what, what you be doing, dude? He's like, what, what you mean? I was like, you know, what, what do you work on? Like, what, what, how do you, what, what's, what's your routine? He's like, and, uh, he says, I don't ever take days off. I was like, what, what you mean? Well, uh, you know, every day I work on something in my game. Now I'm not saying I play every day, but I, I watch film. I lift weights. I work on some, my, my ball handling. I work on free throws. I never take a day off. I was like, all right, you know, I, I, I could dig that. You know, that's, that's good stuff. I was like, anything else? And he says, uh, you know, I, I practice from certain spots on the court. I shoot thousands of shots from certain spots on the court. Uh, so if I can get to that spot in a game, I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, I've shot this shot enough times that I feel really good about that, taking that shot. So in turn, he was talking about hot spots. Like I got go-to spots on the court, uh, you know, that if I can get to that spot and get a good shot, I, I feel good about it. So, okay, I can dig that. Uh, you know, what else you got? If since you're giving out info, you know, what, what else you got? And he says, uh, you know, find a player that you that you that you ultimately look up to and, and that you want to pattern your game after and 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 try to emulate that. If if they're truly uh, you know, a good player, it wouldn't hurt to, you know, to emulate that game. And, you know, obviously we know who that was, you, you know. So uh when 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 after that experience with Kobe, and this is this is 18 or 19 year old Kobe. Right. So coaches that I've come across that Fizz has worked around Kobe. Uh, uh, I don't know if y'all know Mike Brown went to USD yeah. with me. So he uh, Mike Brown went to USD. So when I when I speak to Mike, 
I'm like, man, what's up with, with, with Kobe? He's like, man, we, we, when, when I was coaching the Lakers, I'd get to the gym and he'd already be there. He, he, was, he was there every day, you know? So that's 12, 13, 14 years later, Mike ended up coaching him and he was still doing what he told me as a rookie, you know, 13, 14 years earlier, you know? So he wasn't just talking, you know? And, and obviously as far as, as, as patterning his, his game, you know, it was it was no question he patterned his game after after uh you know the goat in in my opinion. So it uh when when from that experience, I really liked Kobe for the rest of his career. I was a Kobe guy, and I was already a Mike guy. So you know those those are my my goats and baby goats. I gotta ask this question now because I had a totally different question. Now. With Kobe being your mini goat, now we know ESPN came out with their rankings. They had him at ten. Is that too low? Uh, in 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 my opinion, it, it definitely is too low. There was a, uh, you know, I'm not going to discredit what anybody has done, but uh, I I think he's he, he's top five dead or alive in in, in my book. He, he's definitely up there. Ten is, you know, ten is definitely too low. Now, I'm going to come back to my question now. How did you decide that this building is going to be where you wanted Lab City to be? Well, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a funny question, but it's, it's a good question because uh, I didn't know that this, this, this was going to be Lab City. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, that, that I knew Lab City was going to be somewhere, but I, I didn't know this was going to be it. I had, I've had visions of, of what it could be, of where it would be. But uh, COVID, you kind of talked about how, how it came about, and, 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 and COVID is definitely what influenced me to find Lab City because I had always did my training at uh, – at just various gyms, obviously being a high school coach, I was always using Catholic. Um, I had some connections at other, uh, at other gyms just through AAU. And then, uh, and then I had a, a gym where I lived. I lived in an apartment complex um, that had a full court gym in it. And for some reason, no one was ever in there and I could access it 24 hours. So I was just, I was training guys at 6 a.m. I was training guys at midnight. It, it just, it just worked. But, uh, when COVID hit a, a, a couple years back, my gym where I lived closed down. Catholic said, coach, you know, we got to keep everybody out of here. And, uh, you know, the other gyms that I was using for AAU were, were all on the same boat. They, uh, they just weren't allowing anybody to use the gym. So, you know, in my mind, I was saying, okay, this will blow over in a, a week or two. This will end. Um, and as it started to, 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 to go a little bit longer, you know, and remember, I don't have another job. Basketball is what I, is what I do. So uh, I got to the point a couple months in that, uh, you know, I was like, man, we, I got to find a gym. You know, I got to do something because we, we tried to do training at the park and, and whatnot. And we got out to the park one day and they had the rims boarded up during COVID. So I was like, well, that was uh, short lived. So it really was 
get on commercial real estate sites and just start looking for buildings. I'm emailing guys at 11, 12 o'clock at night when I get home. And, uh, you know, you, and, and the, the hardest part about finding a, a space for a gym is when you find big open space, usually they have these pillars that are, that are within the space or you don't have enough parking or, uh, you know, there was, there was different pieces that you need to have a, a, a gym. So as, as I look for spaces, um, you, you know, it, none of them worked. And I, and I came across this one that was, that was in the old bowling alley. And uh, the moment I walked in, you know, I said, uh, this is it. This is, this is the spot. And, uh, you, you know, as, as, as it started to unfold, it became more and more perfect for, for what I was, what I was trying to do. Um, even, you know, I was like, how did I find a gym that, that has a bus in it? I was like, you know, it just, it just seemed cool all the way around that, you, you know, I started to get on Google and I was like, man, is there another gym in the world that has a bus in it? And there, there's not, at least Google couldn't find one. So it, uh, you know, the, the, the space became more and more perfect. And when it was just a shell of, of a gym that had roll-in hoops, you know, I had kids in here getting just dusty and dirty and, and people loved it before I even had the courts in. So it just, it just, it just felt right. And uh, as it as it started to complete itself and, and, and it started to take form to what it is now, you know, it, it, it seems like people love it. The city has seemed to, to, to love it. And, and it, uh, it's even better than I than I even dreamed of. And and my dream is only going to get better as we uh, open phase two in the in the coming months. You know, a, a whole nother arena, two more courts, a sports performance center. It's uh, this, this is this is definitely a dream come true. Yes, sir. Well, Coach Andre's speech. We're glad that we can have you for this interview. This was a great interview. Can you just uh, let the people know where they can find you or how they can reach out to you? Um, you can uh, you can always stop by. You know, the Lab City Sports Training and Event Center. The address is a uh, twenty eight oh one East Independence. We're, uh, we're directly across from Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte. Uh, phone number is 980-237-0442. Um, and you can always check out on our Instagram, uh, labcity underscore CLT to see, uh, you know, all the events and everything we're doing uh, at Lab City. Definitely come check us out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Coach Andre, thank you for dropping by. We appreciate you having you on for this interview. And we wish you nothing but success. And we might have to bring you back. We might have to bring you to the church um, or something. I mean, I mean, I'm I might have to slide some dollars in there to help contribute, but you know, <laughs> Alan is 30 years old. He needs to retire, man. Look, I'm about to be, look, it's my birthday month. I'm about to be 31. I might go there on my birthday. Who knows? Oh yeah. Come, come through. Let's get the jumper. Right. You know, you know, we can, it's, it's, uh, I got, uh, I got, I got a dad and son that are coming in right now that, uh, that, that train together. So it's, uh, it's never too late. The jumper can always get better, you know? 
Yes, sir. I'm waiting for him to have my godson. Come on, bring my godson. Man, relax, man. Someone (laughs) teach this dude patience. Patience, like like the game of basketball has patience. Come on, man. Totally, totally. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the interview. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.